Hello and welcome to the Clemson FCA Vertical Series. The Vertical Series is a project existing to create space for students to share how the Lord is delivering, providing, and growing them. Psalm 40, verse 10 says this, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Our prayer is that through this project, you would leave encouraged, that you'd be drawn closer to the Father, that you'd be moved to worship Jesus and to see him rightly. We hope that you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to the Vertical Series podcast. My name is Madeline and I'm going to be hosting today. I have two of my friends here with me, um, Elijah and Zoe, if y'all want to introduce yourselves. Hey, my name is Elijah. I'm a senior and studying mechanical engineering. And do you want me to, that's. That's fine. However much you want to share. Yep. Um, I'm Zoe. I am a senior as well, studying world cinema. which is a thing. Yeah. Awesome. Um, can y'all talk about kind of how you got to where you are, like in Clemson and FCA, just wherever you want to go with that? Sure. I, <clears throat> so from, from Somerville, so not too far away, my brother went to Clemson and did mechanical engineering. So pretty, well, brother did mechanical engineering, parents both did mechanical engineering. So pretty uh, pretty easy track for me to follow. So I uh, came to Clemson and went to, or was involved with another campus ministry the first two years of, of college and then kind of moved away from that my junior year and then have been involved with FCA since. So this is actually, this is my second senior year. So I, <laughs> this is my third year involved in FCA and was, was a small group leader my junior year, uh, fourth year, led the downtown team, and then this year I get to serve as the president. I am from the Philadelphia area, um, so pretty far, but decided I wanted to go to school far away and wanted to live in a new place, uh, and Clemson just kind of checked all my boxes. Uh, I toured and was like, yeah, that's it. Um, and so, I've pretty much been involved with FCA since the start of my college career. A girl moving me in freshman year had like a t-shirt, an FCA t-shirt with all the events on the back and told me to go to the first week events and I did and was in a small group for most of my freshman year until COVID and stuff like that happened. Then sophomore year was on the downtown team and led a small group and then junior year was on the prayer and encouragement team and let a small group and then this year I get to lead the creative team awesome I think it's funny that all of us have been on or a part of downtown team I was just about to say <laughs> that it would be cool if we talked about that because I feel like that's a part of the ministry well obviously it's something that the three of us like have been passionate about or are passionate about and I think it's something that it doesn't get talked much about in the ministry and well, servant teams in, in general and campus mission or mi- what am I talking about campus missions teams but yeah that, that would maybe be a cool thing to talk about Madeline what was what has your experience with downtown team been yeah um it was short-lived <laughs> so I was a freshman um 
I'm same year as Zoe. So I was a freshman, came to Clemson, moved in, knew I kind of wanted to get involved with FCA. Um, and then they opened up servant team applications again in the winter for freshmen to get put on teams. And I checked every other box but that one because I read all the descriptions. And I was like, oh, I could totally do like community outreach, literally anything else. Freshmen, I don't know. There was like an international student outreach when I was a freshman. I was like willing to do anything but downtown team. So I checked all of those boxes except for downtown. And then a couple weeks later, Trip Lane texted me. He was like, hey, we're placing you on downtown team. And I was like, hmm that's like exactly what I just didn't want to happen he was like we prayed about it a lot and I think that it'd be really challenging for you and really stretching um and so I did it and um started going to meetings I went to like two meetings I went downtown once to pray and then I walked um another week and then it was the week we were leaving for Miami and yeah we got sent home but our team stayed like pretty close over quarantine. Um, we continued to meet um, over Zoom for the rest of the semester and then also meeting over Zoom for fun during the summer. It was a really good time. So I've only been downtown with the team twice. I've been back um, a couple different times over the last couple years with different teams. Um, yeah, so it was a little short-lived, but I loved it. It was really good community, really challenging. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but it was like teaching me to listen to the Holy Spirit, and that was like really valuable. Y'all want to talk about your experiences? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> so sorry. I, yeah, when I was applying for sermon teams, fresh end of freshman year, I clicked missions, peony, and downtown, and I only really clicked downtown because some of my friends were on it the year before, and I was like, well why not? I don't really want that. Like, if I had to rank the three, it wouldn't be top, but I'd be happy on it. And I also, like, partied a ton in high school and have lived for the world in that way, and so I can relate to people who are downtown. So I was like, oh, could be cool. And then Amelia called me and I didn't answer. I purposefully didn't answer because I have really, really bad reactions <laughs> to things. I'm so bad at showing that I'm excited about something. And so I watched my phone ring. I knew what it was for. And I was like, I am not answering. And then I texted her hoping that she would just text me that it was that. And then she made me call her, which was so fun. It, it was great. And that year was challenging and good at the same time. I really enjoyed it. Um, it taught me a lot about prayer, a lot about evangelism. It planted a lot of seeds that, like, flourished later in college that I didn't know until, like, recently. Um, I couldn't have been on p if I hadn't been on downtown first or, like, led the group I led in Chicago without being on downtown first. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool to see that play out. Um, and ours was also a bit different because it was during like the COVID year so FCA wasn't happening at 919 well maybe it was yeah it was but it was at Radiant and then the bars were closed at like midnight I remember so we had to go downtown during FCA on Thursdays which was good but it 
let like I didn't get to go to SA a lot sophomore year um and it honestly taught me a lot about sacrifice I enjoyed going to FCA um, I thought it was fun I got to see my friends and having to sacrifice that to go walk around and be rejected for like two hours kind of was not awesome at first I was like dang this kind of sucks but then as the year started going on I kind of had a change of perspective and was really thankful to be able to do it yeah that's awesome uh, a little bit of a little bit of context so I mean it's pretty self-explanatory but downtown team they go downtown <laughs> normally Thursdays <laughs> yep. after FCA and uh, and pray and do evangelism so talking to people and also a lot of making sure that people are safe and giving people rides home and kind of whatever it looks like in the moment to, to love your neighbor and so yeah, that's just a little bit of context in case anyone was confused but I I had a pretty similar introduction to downtown team as Madeline did I so well a little bit of context leading up to this so I was a small group leader uh, all of my junior year and before the summer before my junior year I got a prophetic word about evangelism and I was like ah that makes me pretty uncomfortable I'm just gonna you know I don't think I'm super gifted in evangelism I'll just kind of put that in my back pocket and you know we'll forget about it and see what we'll see see what happens <laughs> and so there's that that uh, was kind of, kind of in the back of my head and then pretty much all of second semester junior year I there's a, a verse in, in Matthew 9 when Jesus saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd and and every single time I would read that verse I would weep and there is just something about the compassion of Jesus in it uh, wrecked me every single time that I read it and then uh, so there's that and then when I like remember sitting in Radiant and servant team applications and campus mission leader applications being announced and I like, felt this really really strong impression that I needed to apply to lead a, a campus missions team and that again put in my back pocket made me super uncomfortable for for whatever reason and uh, applied for for several different things did not apply to lead a team because I didn't didn't really want to and and like I mean in hindsight it was just being very disobedient because I like I knew that that impression that I got was 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 the Holy Spirit uh, but applied for for several different teams and did not check downtown team and didn't really want to do that I well made me very uncomfortable for one also practically I don't stay up very late so I was like well you know <laughs> that would be kind of tough <laughs> and <laughs> right and then I let's see how did the how did this go I think the first thing was that I got a text from from Nick Holland and he was like hey you know would you would you consider leading a campus missions team and I was like nope and here's <laughs> here's why <laughs> and so I thought I thought that I was being wise about stuff I was I was doing a lot with the Hills retreat and wasn't sure what my role the next year was going to look like with them so thought that I was 
being wise in my, my thinking was basically I'll plan to have a lot of responsibility with the hills so that I don't have so that I don't end up stretching myself too much and having too much going on and but in doing that I was like re- rejecting God's God's call for my obedience and uh, so I told Nick no I was like here here's the reasons why and then uh, Emma Davis came who who led campus missions last year she came up to me at all in and I had pretty much never talked to her before and she was like hey would you consider leading a campus missions team and I was like nope not gonna do that don't really want to here are the <laughs> reasons why <laughs> and then uh, then Sam Decker called me and said hey we're talking about servant teams right now they're they're gonna try they're trying to make you lead a campus missions team or they really want you to like what do you want to do and I was like well I would like to be on PE, but if there's a need somewhere else I would love to fill the need but I don't want to be on downtown team and I don't want to lead a servant team and here's why and I told her all the reasons and then I saw uh, like randomly saw Emma Davis again in the D Square parking lot, and she was like, she was like, hey, <laughs> what would you consider leading a campus missions team? <laughs> and I was like, okay, uh, I was like, all right, you know what, I'll pray about it. And it took me like, like ten minutes of praying about it for, for the <laughs> Lord to be like, yeah, this is something that you should definitely do. And I was like, okay, sick. I don't want to do that, but I guess, <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess that sounds like a good time. And I, yeah, it was just like, like very clear all of a sudden, uh, the Lord reminded me of all these, of these things that had been happening, or I mean, these like three things that had happened uh, over the course of the past, you know, eight months, the, the word about evangelism and Matthew 9, 36 to 38, and uh and then that impression I got in Radiant. And yeah, so ended up saying yes and uh, ended up leading downtown team. And it was like one of the biggest blessings I've ever, I've ever experienced. It like stretched me in so many ways and taught me so much and gave me such an awesome community. We, we had like, our team ended up being super, super tight. And it, yeah, it was a really cool place to do ministry in a place that was really uncomfortable for me but ended up growing a ton and am like so 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 grateful for it on on this side of things but definitely very reluctant yeah at the beginning yeah. <laughs> i feel like that's kind of common i feel like everyone i talked to that like either was on downtown team previously or is on downtown team now it was like yeah i was like kind of praying about it and I feel like maybe I like I put it down but I didn't really want it (laughs) slash I'm super scared I mean I was I know I was horrified but that's really awesome how do y'all feel like being on that team has like burdened you to continually serve in FCA I have said this before I am from a pretty unchurched area and have just been surrounded by non-believers for the majority of my life and am very burdened for evangelism or by evangelism for evangelism however however you say it I have a passion for evangelism and a passion for like living in the world but not of it and 
there aren't many things that make me more frustrated than like Christians just staying in their bubble and just hanging out with their Christian friends and doing the Christian things and you know all of that and one thing I noticed with an FCA is that a little bit um and I really wanted to change that I want to be a bridge that people could like relate to on both the FCA side and like the non-FCA side and so kind of what kept me like serving in the ministry in the ways that I did and like just my personal ministry um has just been my heart for non-believers and just my heart for people in general I think one of the coolest parts of that team was getting to watch people who were previously pretty judgmental of people who went downtown or people who partied or people you name it um they're just like pretty judgmental of like oh how do you like do that or how do this blah 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 um to like watch them be humbled because I mean we're all sinners and like it was just very very cool to watch people who stepped out of their comfort zone be humbled in that um and so it's kind of every team I've latter been on I've been pretty vocal about my passion for evangelism and about how we need to like love on non-believers and how we need to be friends with them not just as a project to evangelize to them and not just as um yeah just not as a project to evangelize them but we need to be friends with them just to be friends with them um obviously like the goal is leading them to jesus and that but that should be our goal in every interaction regardless of whether they're a christian or not we should want people to know more of jesus when they stop talking to us than when they started and so i don't think that's specific to non-believers so it's really given me a passion to seek people out and to see the unseen and what I would describe as like to show people that like Christians don't suck (laughs) and I just growing up in the way that I did with the people that I did um, caught a lot of flacks for being a believer and was kind of ashamed of that for a little while but then I mean it's all over scripture suffering for the gospel is like (coughs) super awesome and so we can rejoice and be glad in that and you will face a lot of rejection um, for your faith when talking to non-believers because they don't have the Holy Spirit, but that's okay. And all we're called to do is just show them more of Jesus and love them in the ways that Jesus would. Yeah, so downtown team really, like, sparked that, I'd say. Uh, it showed me that I, like, am gifted in that and do care a lot about it, and it was kind of a launching point for me which was really cool yeah that's really awesome I think that I don't know knowing you in proximity I've like seen the ways that the Lord has like really burdened you and like grown a lot of compassion I mean I didn't know you pre but I would say you're pretty compassionate (laughs) and um, I know that that is like thanks to the positions you were put in on that team and so I'm really grateful um yeah and definitely get it like catching some hate for being a Christian like also growing up in an unchurched um, family more of an unchurched area and it being like a point of humiliation Um, 
because I grew up, my parents, like, did not like Christians at all, and we, like, kind of made fun of Christians a lot, slash my parents still do, (laughs) and then it's, like, all of a sudden I was, like, oh, yeah, I love Jesus, and they're, like, oh, haha, like, turned on you, like, yeah, target on my back, Mm -hmm. and it's really hard. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Everything you do is held, it should be held to a higher standard, but is just, yeah, yeah. If you mess up, that's not very Christian of you. Yeah. You oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that too. I still hear that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. Do you feel like it's hard to have compassion towards people like that, like in more of a home setting compared to like evangelizing downtown or is it like kind of the same for you? You mean like people that I'm like close with? Yeah. Like people you had relationships established with prior to like knowing Jesus and like outwardly professing Jesus it like to them and around them versus like going downtown and evangelizing it's scarier I think it's really terrifying because when you're downtown or when you're doing street evangelism or when you're doing whatever you don't really have a relationship to lose but when you're evangelizing to people who you know really well or who know you really well you have something to lose because the gospel like just is offensive and that's awesome that it is um and like telling people that they're sinners not (laughs) not warm and fuzzy um and obviously whatever but so it's it's definitely scarier and more vulnerable I would say than evangelizing to people that you don't know um however it's much more loving to share the gospel with people that's not because this is like the truth and the only way that they can have eternal life is through Jesus and him dying on the cross and it's just like eternal life for us starts now or started when we became believers and life is so much better with him regardless of our circumstances and so when you put it in that perspective it's worth it the benefits outweigh the cost like 10 times out of 10 but it is definitely more difficult and more tempting to just be like, oh, I'll just like live and like hang with them and they'll see it by my actions. And that's like not untrue, Yeah. but you need to use your words too and you need to explicitly share with them um, because that is biblical as well. Yeah, yeah answer my question, yeah. Elijah. I think I, I'm not sure if I'm if this is going to answer your, your original question, but my my mind goes to prayer. I was I, I was pretty pretty clear with my team early on that if if every single Thursday for the entire year we went downtown and we prayed and we didn't talk to a single person, then then it, we still would have it still would have been a win as a team by the end of the year. And I think that that if anything, being on the team made that like more abundantly clear to me. Like I think that I th- well so we will we'd normally have uh, about half the team walk and talk to people and half the team stay and pray and like I I was also pretty clear that that the groups praying were were as important, if not more important, than the groups walking. I think that 
if like there's just so much that that God can do if we come to him in prayer and so much that he promises to do and um, I, I think that there is I, I just do not believe at all that we could have been like more more fruitful or have done more things if we had had the whole team walking like I think that having having six people walk and six people pray would would be more effective in, as far as ministry and fruit goes every single time than having 12 people walk and and then I think that like like along that same vein I think that as far as ministry in general goes it kind of kind of has given me some perspective on what I value and what I think is important like another thing that I was super clear on is like if we if we you know go the whole year and get to share the gospel with one person then like that is still a win and if if we go out tonight and we get one phone number or we get to meet up with person with one person for coffee like that is still like everything that we do is all worth it and I think that it it's given me perspective on things like Thursday nights like if we we come to a Thursday night and one person gets to hear the gospel for the first time then everything that we did was completely worth it yeah. and um, and it, like showed me so much about uh, well yeah like what I value and what's important and like in in ministry I just want Jesus to be really 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 important and like if I have a conversation with a person downtown I want them to walk away thinking that Jesus is important and and thinking that Jesus loves them and like not that I'm cool or that I you know whatever like I want them to think about Jesus and like on a Thursday night I want I don't want someone to leave thinking that that the speaker was cool or that they did a good job or that the band is talented or or that the production was cool like I want them to leave thinking that Jesus was really important and that he's a really big deal because he is and so I think I think it like being on downtown em emphasized a lot of things in me and then also gave me a new perspective on on what I care about and what what I value and think should be prioritized in in a ministry setting Cool. Are there any burdens that either of y'all feel like the Lord highlighted to you when you were on those teams that have continued to like stay pressing in your heart? Yeah, I'd say like still that passage in Matthew 9, uh, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And like, I don't think that well, like, now that I don't think Jesus' heart is not, like, cold and and mad and angry towards non-believers. Like, he is full of compassion. And I think that, I, I, like, I also think I am, am guilty of, of having been judgmental because I, like, grew up in, in a Christian home and was never really in that type of scene. 
and and was definitely uh, judgmental of of those of that environment and the types of people who were in it. And uh, my eyes were really open to to the compassion and to the love that that Jesus has for for all of us. And and realizing like I I was harassed and helpless like sheep without like a sheep without a shepherd. And but but Jesus looked at me and he had compassion on me. And and so I think that like similarly that has carried into into environments other than downtown. Like like in every situation, how can I how can I be a person of compassion and how can I see them as Jesus sees them because Jesus sees them with compassion and yeah so I think I think the the compassion of Jesus and and the tenderness of his heart in that is something that like experientially experientially I learned and was able to to kind of practice throughout that and I think that's definitely something that I've carried with me since I kind of already talked about my, like, passion for non-believers and my passion for evangelism. That, like, definitely came out of the downtown team. Mm -hmm. Um, One, like, I think it's also in Matthew 9 now that I'm thinking about it, but I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me. Um, But the harvest is few or the harvest it's is right it's right after really okay right 38 right or, yeah okay it's, it's right after wow. <laughs> Look at us come. Anyways, <laughs> the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few and um praying for laborers to to come i pray that a lot for downtown team and stuff like that just because our team our team started really small but i also pray that in my everyday life because uh well just in general but also we went to the Charleston mission trip later that year and that was like the verse of the church that we served at which was cool and they talked about um, they just they were a new church kind of it, w- it was confusing but they were just needing more people to come and to serve and I think that that verse is really cool to put into perspective when you're going say on a mission trip like you're not the laborer there like there Mm -hmm. are other people that are and they're not serving or they are serving and they need more people um recognizing that you can't be everything in every situation and you can't always be a laborer but there are other people who can and should and will and so just praying for those people and praying that they will step out in obedience um whether it takes them five people talking to them and contacting them a billion times so that they'll lead a team or whether it's just one pull from the Lord um, just praying for like labors for the harvest because there are so many non-believers like on this campus and just in general like we are a part of FCA and it's the biggest campus ministry awesome but that's like a dip in the bucket of Clemson mm-hmm. and there are so the harvest is plentiful and we need to be constantly praying for more labors and we need to um be praying for that like even when we're gone because when we graduate like we won't be the laborers of clemson anymore and 
some other people will be, and we need yeah. to be praying for them. I don't know if we were at the same church in Charleston, but yeah, I think so. They <laughs> maybe I don't remember, but whichever church I was at, maybe that one. They, uh, the pastor had an alarm set for nine thirty eight. Yes, every, yep, and they prayed every day, every day at and every single day at nine thirty eight, he would pray for the harvest. It was pretty sick. It was that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> yes, I re- I like don't remember. I like kind of remember you being there, but I didn't know who you were. So wow. yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember anything about Charleston. I'll be honest. It was kind of a fever dream. <laughs> yeah. Will you talk about evangelism in Chicago last year? Yeah. So we went on a mission trip to Chicago last year, and I got to lead a group with Blake, Erico, King, um, <laughs> and the two of us. Uh, kind of didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. We just said sure and ended up with an awesome group and we were placed at this church called Aston Street Community Church and we had no idea what we'd be doing until like the morning that we got there and for two non-planners that was awesome but for our team of type A some type <laughs> A planners probably a little stressful um however it was it was awesome and the pastor there his name's Will he is awesome he really cares a lot about the city of Chicago and about the people there and is very very burdened for it and it's super evident uh but he had us doing street evangelism and if you had asked me before Chicago if I thought that street evangelism was beneficial or like worked I would say no like I would have been like nah there's like you gotta create a relationship with someone and then you gotta like live with them and then you gotta show them with your actions and then if that still doesn't work you gotta you gotta show them with or you gotta tell them in a kind way and I would have like made you run through a ton of hoop or jump through a ton of hoops <laughs> to evangelize to someone because I was like this there's no point in street evangelism and we get there and he's like so we're gonna do street evangelism and I was like cool I just created this whole argument of why it's not beneficial but all right and basically they were starting this like program called fulfill 606 where they were going to the neighboring high schools and trying to evangelize to the students and because they were like, you evangelize to the students, the students are in the homes, like, it's just super practical, and I was like, this logically makes so much sense, but I still don't think street evangelism is, that, is awesome, and we spent the first, like, five hours of that day doing, like, intense evangelism training, and it was the coolest thing I've ever done. Uh, he just sat with us, and basically their premise for evangelism was they gave us a ton of $5 gift cards, and they were like, okay, you go out in like groups of two or three and you say hey I have a five dollar gift card if you'll get, talk to me for five minutes about Jesus and you like set a timer to show you're like respectful of their time and you talk to them and my first question was so we're bribing them like we shouldn't be bribing them I was such a jerk I was like we should we shouldn't be bribing them and he was like well that's not what you're doing I was like what so we're not bribing them to this pretty gospel we're like bribing them sure to have a conversation with you but you're not bribing them because you know they know exactly what they're getting themselves into they can say no and you should walk away and I was like oh yeah fair seems like you've thought about this and so he like sets the precedent of what we're gonna do and then gives us this book on the doctrine of conversion and how Christians get evangelism wrong 10 times out of 10 and it was so cool and basically talked about how as Christians, we 
will evangelize to someone and if they don't accept Christ right on the spot or they don't become a believer we're like well that was a failure we oftentimes go and convert but we're only called to go and tell um we're just called to go and proclaim the name of Jesus and it's not our job to convince them that God is real and it's not our job to have like this apologetics conversation with them or like anything like that especially in like the street evangelism setting it's just our job to like plant a seed um and he went through scripture with us and went through that book like a few chapters of that book and then we went out and we evangelized and I was still pretty skeptical going out but we like got out there and it was the most effective way I've ever done evangelism in my life and it was super cool we were in groups of like two or three just like our team and us and we would just walk up to random students and be like hey do you have five minutes to talk about Jesus I have these gift cards to like Starbucks and Dunkin Donuts and all these places and they'd be like yeah sure and you'd start the timer and like most of the time it it would go over like not by us by them and you would just talk to them we had like kind of a formula for how the conversation should go um we reworked it throughout the week because we were the first group to go out and do it they just had this idea and they were like well why while we have a group here why not just try it out so we were kind of the guinea pigs but which was really cool that this church gave us the liberty to kind of like carry this process out for the first time um because like they all work and they're like also we're like adults you know what I mean like walking onto these high school campuses kind of weird and so like it's more beneficial and like more approachable if it's like college kids or just like students and so some of us like brought backpacks and stuff and we just like talked to people about Jesus and it was so cool and taking that pressure off of like oh they don't have to be saved right now like sure end goal they are saved but that takes the pressure off of you and also takes the pride out of it the lord is the only one who can save and if you go into evangelism with that mindset it leaves you unable to be prideful of look what i did and it also leaves you unable to be humility humiliated of like look they like rejected me because they didn't reject you they rejected jesus which is like eternally so much worse however it's not you um and not your own doing and you're just going and telling them about Jesus. And the one thing he said to us right before we left was, he was like, people, we, our church was in a pretty affluent area, and so he was like, people are pretty comfortable in their shoes, and I want you to go out there and throw pebbles in their shoes. He was like, when you get a pebble stuck in your shoe, you, you like, stop, you take it off, you, like, dump it out, and you put your shoe back on, you keep going. He was like, if they are at home that night, and they are thinking, huh, that was a weird conversation I had today, like, that's a win. Uh, you just want people to think about things that they wouldn't normally think about. Um, and so it was that shift was changed like everything for me and changed everything for our team and we were like on fire (laughs) Um, and it was really really awesome and we talked to so many I don't even know how many people we talked to um, throughout the week that we were there but it was really cool to watch my team be so excited about something that like Blake and I were already excited about Blake led the evangelism team last year so obviously he cares about evangelism but it was cool to watch my team get really, really pumped about it. And this one girl on our team, she had just accepted Jesus like a month before the trip. But I didn't, like, we didn't know that. She hadn't shared her testimony yet. And it was like day three of the trip. And she was like, I'll share my testimony. And we we're like, okay. She was like, so yeah, I accepted Jesus like a month ago. And we were like, what? 
she was like yeah I didn't really know what evangelism was and, until they told us in Chicago like she had never heard the word evangelism before until they told us in Chicago and she literally learned what evangelism was and then like went out and did it and was like I don't understand why everyone's not doing it and we were like yeah that's so fair and it was really cool to watch her like grow in confidence that she can share the gospel and like all you have to know is the gospel she didn't have a ton of biblical knowledge had never really read the bible before had like tried to read genesis and exodus but when you're first a believer that is so difficult um and so her like essentially her sole knowledge was like an in-depth knowledge of the gospel and she was able to evangelize like so incredibly well and it was the coolest thing ever and it was very encouraging to our whole team because you had some people who grew up in church their whole lives you had some people who like knew a lot of theology and we're all evangelizing and we're all like all that matters is the gospel and so it, it was just very very cool I could talk about it for forever but I'm not going to yeah <laughs> that's awesome do you feel like that carried over into when you came back from Chicago to Clemson for sure yeah I think about evangelism a lot more than I did because I think I thought of it as this big undertaking and it's not that it's not because the information that's being shared is super super like weighty however it like you could just do it all the time <laughs> and it's not something that you have to have a set like oh we're gonna go out and we're gonna evangelize like you're just walking and you can just talk to someone about Jesus just make them think about things they wouldn't normally think about which yeah. is cool cool that's awesome I'm getting really excited because, you know, we are going on a mission trip in March and we're going to evangelize and it's going to be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. Ha -ha. The city is going to be great. Yeah. Pumped. Elijah, do you have any thoughts? Uh, Well, I also did on what? Whatever. I was just going to say, I also did evangelism in Chicago and had a very different experience. Mm. Uh, we, well, it was in a very, a very difficult neighborhood that was very opposed to, to the gospel. We, our neighborhood, <coughs> the demographic was, was young, young, well-off, well-educated people and homeless LGBTQ youth. And like our neighborhood was home of the second biggest pride parade in the country and like just a very very difficult area to do ministry in and so so that presented its own set of challenges to begin with and then we like didn't didn't have the same type of training that that Zoe's group had and we are our style of there the style of evangelism that we were uh, given from our church was also very different. We, it was basically we had surveys and then we would go out and, and the surveys were, uh, there were a lot of questions about the community and the, the leaders of the church said that they did, like the information from the surveys were helpful, but then the questions would pro- get progressively more spiritual and then they would um, like open up opportunities to share the gospel or testimonies or pray over them and uh, it was just really hard <clears throat> people were uh, one thing I noticed is that people were really really hurried 
they, like most people, were just like walking too fast past us to even stop to talk. And, uh, or like lots of people had headphones in. Um, lots of, yeah, lots of people just like wouldn't even stop. And then, uh, and lots of people were just very opposed to, to things that we were saying. And, and there were like several, several good conversations that, that people in, in the couple teams there had. But I, I like honestly left like probably all of the days feeling pretty discouraged. And, but <clears throat> I think that that was another, an, another thing, like along with downtown Tim, downtown team that year like realizing that that we had a couple conversations and we got to pray people pray for people and we got to pray the gospel over them and that's a really big deal and it's really important and even if uh even if we didn't like even if they didn't get converted there like it was still what we did still mattered and like even the the language of throwing pebbles in the shoes is really helpful uh for me and and encouraged me that like I don't have to I don't have to feel the pressure to do it all and I don't have to to feel the pressure to like lead this person from hearing the gospel for, for the first time all the way uh, into salvation and um, like I just need to be faithful with the opportunities that the Lord's given me and uh, roll with that and like not really, really worry about about the results so much. At least not get discouraged by them. Uh, so learned a lot, but definitely a very different experience. Mm. That's really good. I liked being able to hear both sides. Um, I think I didn't get to do like as much evangelism in Chicago. Like we served pretty behind the scenes we were serving with a ministry called breakthrough and they had men's and women's shelters but the things they were having us do i was like the whole first day i was sitting crisscross on a closet floor reorganizing like marketing materials and i was like dang i really came so far <laughs> to sit in this closet but kind of like felt the same press as you were talking about earlier elijah like even if i'm here just to pray I would rather be radically obedient in that and could do so much more through being obedient in prayer than if I tried to muscle through a conversation um, and same of like, oh, I could just like sit and not talk to someone in like a demographic that is not gonna wanna talk to me um, or I could be obedient and like go through that conversation and it could be really hard, but like the Lord is gonna use it in such immense ways that I'm like not really going to see the fruit from um but like he's trustworthy and all he's asking from us is to say yes to him and he's not going to give us commands that are burdensome but like we get to walk with him which is really awesome and I loved that I got to see that in like both of y'all's stuff uh, yeah well <laughs> guys anything y'all have to wrap up any thoughts I don't think so. Do you have anything? Do you want me to have anything? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. Um, yeah, I hope you guys were really encouraged um, and just stirred. And 
I think I would just really charge y'all with like spending time thinking and praying about what it looks like to lead into evangelism on this campus and in the places and spaces that you're in. Um, you do not have to be on a servant team to evangelize and you don't have to lead downtown team to pursue hard conversations. Um, yeah, and there's just like so much hurt in Clemson and there are a lot of people who are just like really desperate for Jesus and really long for him and they just don't even know and don't have the language to put to it. Um, and I think I can speak for all three of us in saying like when you pray, like the Lord will reveal people to have conversations with to you and that's super awesome so yeah but i hope y'all have a really good rest of your day and yeah we'll see you next time